0: This is the Night Owl's Disc Golf Podcast. Pad Thai? Pad Thai. That's good. I'm not a huge peanut fan in food, but Pad Thai's good. Mm -hmm.
1: I'm good. I'm JP. (laughs)
0: Yep. I'm Shane. (laughs) (laughs) And this is a broadcast about Pad Thai and Thai food.
1: No longer the Night Owl's Disc Golf (laughs) Podcast. (laughs) We're (laughs) going Thai food.
0: So this is the second rendition of Worlds. So Worlds finished up yesterday in a really boring fashion. Uh, absolutely boring. Yeah, there was like really nothing to talk about, so I don't know how long this episode's (laughs) going to be. But with that said, reach out, give us a like, give us a share, give us a follow. Every time you do that, it helps us kind of come to the top of mind of people and um, gives us the ability to keep doing what we're doing, keep on
1: keeping on. Keep on trucking.
0: If you know what keep on keeping on is from.
1: Can't think of it right now. Name that movie, really? Yeah. Oh, Sorry, man. Joe Dirt. I haven't seen that movie. Really? No, I don't think I have. I know wow. David Spade's in it. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. It's uh,
0: it's Forrest Gumpy.
1: Yeah, a lot
0: more white trash.
1: Right. <laughs> he's a janitor, right? Uh, Good at master a point of the custodial arts, <laughs>
0: if you will. At a point, he is. Yeah. yeah. So when he's telling the story, he. He is currently employed as a janitor, a school janitor. Okay. So, um, no, at the radio station, I think that's what it is, at the radio st- station. So, it's pretty good. But, um, so yeah. Anyways, back to us. <laughs> yeah, it just helps us keep top of mind. So, give us a like, share, follow, um, and give us a review on any of the podcasting platforms. That really helps. What we will do is we'll pick a random one, read it off, and if we pick your name, I'll donate a disc out of my. <gasps> personal stash
1: oh, boy. to donate to you. And, oh, fun story, too. We passed 10,000 streams the other day. Yeah, we're like 12-something now already. Almost we're getting, 13. We're getting up there. Yeah. So yeah.
0: That's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. So we're kind of a big deal.
1: <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> to some people. <laughs> <but> <laughs> so I'd kind of like to think we're a big
0: deal. Yeah, yeah. It makes me sleep a little better at night. Mm-hmm. So we have door underscore disc underscore golf. That is the shops page. We post up funny, enlightening, educational products, all that fun stuff. Night underscore Al underscore pod, which is kind of JP's personal one, but also the podcast one.
1: <laughs> There's not a lot of Shane on there. <laughs> no, not a lot of Shane. I've been but. trying to just put not so much me, but just random pictures and stuff of discs more and yeah. just podcast stuff that
0: we're kind of doing. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. No, I get it. And I have I have a whole ton of stuff that I do. So it's hard to kind of pin me down and make me do things. So mm. that works. And then uh, Doordisc.com. So jump on there, Doordisc.com. That's where we sell all of the fun stuff that we talk about here on the podcast. And if we don't have it on the site and you want something, reach out to us. Let us know. And outside of that, YouTube, we do have three videos. Count them. One, two, and three videos. And I think we have seven subscribers now. Mm-hmm. Getting big time. Mm-hmm. Watch mm-hmm. out, foundation and Brody coming for you. Along <laughs> <laughs> with
1: any other disc golf vlog, <laughs> exactly because <out there. laughs> I think
0: we might be the lowest. One. <laughs> um, so there you go. All right, let's talk worlds number deuce two part two part two yeah part two. Mm-hmm. All right, so <clears throat> worlds we talked we talked through what we was. Through Tuesday, Wednesday. So we yeah. were through Wednesday. So we had Thursday and Friday, Saturday. So yep. three rounds still left. Um, I want to say it was a fantastic... We'll kind of skip through everything, but for the most part, I enjoyed every bit of it. Um, we had a lot of talk about Worlds courses and things like that where people were... You know what? After watching Worlds at Emporia, I don't know if there could have been a better course than Country Club. True. It, it's magnificent. You got beautiful coverage, beautiful shots, like great lines, a small selection of wooded but for the most part it was good, viewable disc golf.
1: Absolutely. It's fantastic. And the weather was nice. And the weather I mean it would have been more exciting to have the weather be like a little worse. Like just for like drama, but Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. for the most part, yeah.
0: Yeah. And to see a I would call him a newcomer. He just graduated college, but Aaron Gossage actually just show some fantastic skill out there. Absolutely. And, you know, really a simple game plan, simple shot selection, mm-hmm. but every one of them worked. He didn't overthink anything. He didn't try to get magical with his shot shapes. He basically found the disc he could throw the hardest and threw it at the target. Yeah. That was what he did. You know, he didn't try to flex things. He didn't try to put shot shapes. He said, if I can put a zone 280 feet, I'm going to throw this as hard as I can. That's the disc I'm going to throw.
1: Right. That's it. I mean, that's pretty much, (laughs) that was his game. He's like, let me just get to some landing zones and then figure it out and we'll do what I need to do.
0: Yeah. And what kept him good for the first four rounds were C1X. He was basically flawless. He missed four putts the entire first four rounds. Mm -hmm. And, no OB strokes or no three, three or four OB strokes. Uh, I I
1: think he, yeah, something around there. Really
0: tiny. Yep. So good for him. Like really good showing. Like he's gained a fan in me. Yeah. You know? So let's talk about the, how everything went aside from play.
1: How did you feel about the world? Oh, uh, I think, are we talking about from the Paige Pierce drama all the way through?
0: Well, yeah, we'll go ahead and start the whole <laughs> thing. Like, what do you think about broadcast? What do you think oh. about announcing? What do you think about
1: everything? I thought it was I thought it was good. Mm-hmm. Um, I sucks because I, I didn't see a whole lot of it live because of work and things. Mm-hmm. So I kind of went back and watched what I could. But, um, yeah, overall, I thought the covered coverage was really good. It's nice to have that. You know, being able to see everything. Um, I guess Brian Earhart was doing a good portion, mm-hmm. uh, and then Terry was there, and like the, the usual yeah. suspects. But yeah, overall, I thought it was a I, it was a good tournament. Yeah, you know, a step step up from what DDO is. Mm-hmm. You know, as far mm-hmm. as coverage and just the turn that tournament overall. But yep. yeah, I was I'm a fan.
0: <laughs> I was I, I was super happy with it. It was so it was Nate Ian and um uh, Earhart, yep at on the table and then out in the field was Terry. yep <clears throat> and that's where he thrives. He does. He really does. There were a couple points, like especially towards the end when there were some pretty pivotal shots where he was a little out of place like when um Paul's rolled OB on what was it 15. Yes. Where he caught early and then rolled O B. He was there the next hole, he caught early, flopped down, and he's like, So what's his situation? No clue. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And then his upshot on that was absolutely fantastic. And they tried to in the booth figure out, like, hey, where's it at? And he's like, I don't know, you know. And then (laughs) So there was a couple times where and he he explained it. He goes, It's crazy. I can't get through to get to a good Position, position because there's so many fans and they're so eager and mm-hmm. so that's a good thing that is um i found a new appreciation for Doss's commentary um i'm very vocal yeah and outward in saying that I, he drives me nuts mm-hmm. he still did but um two days i wasn't able to watch i was just able to listen you know, I wasn't able to just sit down and devote time to watching yeah. it. So what I did is I just put the app on, closed my phone, and then went and did my thing. Yeah. And yeah. I had my earpiece in. And Doss' commentary along with Ian's is fantastic. Um Earhart, I think he interjected at the right time. And I thought he did a fantastic job. Doss is still a little dramatic for me Um, because – In the very end when everything was going down, we'll get to explaining that, but in the end, he was just over-dramatizing absolutely every shot. I mean, from like the 14th hole on all all the way through the playoff, every shot. This is the pivotal. This is the make or break. This is the – and you're just like – Come on, you, Nate. Yeah. Like, get a rest, dude. Like, <laughs> we get it. We're all sitting here watching
1: or listening, you know? Right. Like, we understand the gravity <laughs> of the situation. <laughs> exactly. And
0: I couldn't it – was, it was nice to hear because I wasn't able to watch it. So for his drama to come across just in my ear, it was awesome. Maybe he's just working on it. Maybe he is. Yeah. But if you've ever listened to him outside – oh, my goodness, I saw the headphone – like this thing yeah. out of the corner I thought someone was standing at that door.
1: <laughs> With no stairs. <laughs> There's nothing. That,
0: that door just goes outside. <laughs> Anyways. So, you know, the... If you've ever listened to him outside of those furs, that's just who he is. Mm. He He's very energetic. And I'm sure he's probably one of those guys that you'd love to be around. Because he's just brings life to the party. Always has stories, that type of stuff. But as far as an announcer goes, he's just simply not my flavor.
1: You right. Know? Yeah.
0: But... When I wasn't watching it, I really enjoyed the announcement or the announcing when I didn't have a pic- excuse me when I didn't have a picture in front of me because it made everything that much more of a big deal. And if I would have watched, it, I would have been like, "Well, it's not that bad, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> He's got a shot, you know." So I was I was pleasantly surprised with the last day's commentary. The rest of them, when I was watching it, I just kind of muted it. I yeah. didn't really want to hear <laughs> Nate because everything is just like, this is the shot of the tournament. I don't know how many times I heard that from Nate. That is the shot of the tournament. No, it's not. Like, <laughs> like, stop it. The only shot of the tournament was the very last shot of the tournament. Mm. You know, yeah. well, the very last hole of the tournament. Those were the shots of the tournament. Right. Right there. Nothing else. Like, <laughs> those are the ones that define the tournament. Um. So, anyways, yeah. So I. I enjoyed it, though. I thought there was good coverage. The commercials weren't overbearing. I mean, I just, everything was good at it. Good. The one question that Jordan brought up, Run Ricky Run, The oh, Lone yeah. Star. I, Yeah, strange right. Strange music choice. Yeah. The Lone Star commercial.
1: Right. I don't know. I, Because, yeah, he brought it up. He's like, what's up with that? I was like. Yeah. Because he brought it up when I was like, and so I was just kind of following along in the text because I wasn't able to watch. So I was mm-hmm. like, "Oh, that does sound kind of interesting." Yeah.
0: So what it is is it's a it's a hip hop song yeah. that is "Run Ricky Run," and it's over the Lone Star, which is them of like some of their players, some just casual rounds, but basically just a, a neat little commercial from Lone Star. And a huge supporter of them. I love what they do. We're about to order a whole bunch more discs from them, but what a weird song selection <laughs> out of all songs. So I thought it was good. And, and the only reason why is because of Ricky Wysocki. Hockey. Like he has such a huge name in the sport. I thought it was different. But all in
1: all, like, I mean. Yeah, but it's just weird because you're not, they're not a sponsor. So it's just one of those weird things. It's like, hmm. Right. What are you playing at?
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, but, no, yeah, I mean, all in all, I loved it. So I anything else to add on that part of it?
1: No, I don't think so. Okay. I mean, yeah, presentation overall was really good.
0: Right, right. Um, any surprises on players?
1: Yes. O- other than Aaron Gossage, but. Hannah. Yes. Hannah Blomers. All of a sudden back. All of a sudden. Mm-hmm. She found whatever magic she brought with her. Yeah unbelievable Mm -hmm. that she was Mm -hmm. able to play so well. And even Evelina a little bit, like she was pretty solid. Start of the fourth day, it was
0: three Europeans. Yeah. So, um... Blowing up. I know. (laughs) Let's... We're gonna put a pause on, so a few minutes later. Okay. (laughs) A few moments later. And we're back. So... (laughs) My wife needed to know what type of chicken wings to buy, so I'm making... Their wings, like... (laughs) So I was like, drumettes and wings, just, doesn't matter, just grab those. (laughs) Grab the variety pack. Exactly, like, the variety of chicken wings and drumettes. Yeah. So, it is my niece's birthday today, and she loves chicken wings. Oh, awesome. So, I was like, all right, I'll make you some, so... That's cool. Go back to my pub grub days. Pub grub. Yeah. Um... So where were we at?
1: Oh, we were talking about any surprising players, and we yeah. said Hannah and Evelina, and like they were on the mm-hmm. lead card. For mm-hmm. um, I think, obviously, Aaron Gossage, uh, Chris right. Clemens played really well. Fantastic, love seeing the lefty out there and just killing it. Yeah, Matty played well. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of people that. Uh, yeah, I was just like, awesome to see them hmm Make it. <laughs> or not right. make it, but just kind of shine more than you exactly see them. Yeah. Be
0: up on, on top of that leaderboard. I mean. Exactly. It was, there's also the flip side of it, like, where'd Paige Pierce go? Like. Right. I mean, she was, she was climbing. She was. And she then was. all of a sudden it was. <laughs> and just, yeah. she ended up, what, 11 strokes out of it by the. Yeah. By the start of the f- fifth round. Yep. Um, so that was, uh, you know, I. I there's no love lost in that for me like it's too bad. I hate to see it, but and for any player to fall like that in a in such a big way, but you know, unfortunately, it is what it is and she she finished finished
1: 5th but mm-hmm. 16 strokes back. Yeah. Like, and that's huge. Yeah. That's
0: huge. Like but Kristen like she just played <sighs> lights out. Yeah. Very few mistakes. Right. Her worst day was what? The second day?
1: Third day? Second day.
0: Second day was her worst day. Yeah. And it wasn't even a bad day. Like, it was just...
1: Because, yeah, Paige got close. Missy got close. Mm. I mean, there's a number of people that were getting up to her, but they were still a couple strokes behind. And then the third day, she just turned it back on and had, like, a really solid round.
0: Right. Because then it was Missy Gannon and... Who was the top four? So it was Salonen, Tatar,
1: it was uh, Gannon and Holland and Hanley, Hanley, right? Yeah, or Holland
0: Hanley then Gannon.
1: Holland Hanley and Gannon. Okay. Yep, and then Paige and Evelina tied, and Hannah. Yeah, Hannah Blomrus was second. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, no shame in any of that. No,
0: no, no. I mean, that's that's great. That's great. So no, Hannah Evelina was second.
1: No, Hannah was second. Hannah was second. Okay. Yeah, and Evelina tied with page page yeah okay so yeah so i mean great on the
0: fpo side and i loved i loved watching the fpo because they're more mortal lines (laughs) if that makes any sense you know it's it's more of a common line that you would see in how these ladies were playing it it was fantastic yes to watch i mean still lines i could never hit but it made it a bit more realistic if and when i go to play country club that's kind of what i can expect or mm-hmm.
1: jones supreme well, yeah
0: i guess they don't keep jones supreme in year
1: round do they who knows but i don't know that might change yeah. you know with how the tournament does right right i can't imagine moving that big island hole
0: no <laughs> no <laughs>
1: right? no, like, no. That, that's there no. to stay yeah but like as far as layouts i'm sure you can just go play east west or mm-hmm. have the option of maybe of playing supreme who knows mm-hmm.
0: And the, I think I mentioned this already, but the changes they made to Supreme I thought were good changes. I thought they made some quality changes that made the course a bit more enjoyable for the pros to play,
1: but still scoreable ish if oh, that makes any well, sense. Well, yeah. I mean, 11, I think Holland Hanley had an 11 down, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. tied course record. That's amazing. Like mm-hmm. you would, And I think we kind of talked about it earlier, just having the familiarity of DDO and then having a longer period to practice mm-hmm. I mean, they, obviously they couldn't practice when Double's Worlds was going on because that was happening at Jones Supreme but still having that time to get familiar with the course. I think we saw scores considerably better this time around than at DDO
0: Oh absolutely yeah. and I think that had a lot to do with the weather as well yes. but you know either way it was awesome to see mm-hmm. so awesome to see so Let's get to MPO. So MPO, I was really surprised. I mean, Ricky just slowly fell off. Yeah. And I don't know what it was. I mean, his putt was definitely not on. There was a couple putts where I saw him miss two or three feet over the basket. Mm -hmm. Usually not a miss he makes. Um, And I noticed through the tournament he was going between his push and his spin putt. He was actually changing between the two. Now, at that high of a level, I have no clue what that means to be able to do that because I don't have a push putt. I only have a spin putt. Sure. So for me to jump back and forth, the most you'll see me do is maybe straddle or (laughs) stagger. Yeah. That's it. And him, like, he's spin, putt, you know, spin or push and straddle, or he just has these fantastic changes that he can make, but I feel like that might have
1: hurt him just a little bit. Like, as he's getting, he's kind of ranging one in, he would switch. Yeah, right. Like... Second guessing yourself on what kind of putt you're going to like, mm-hmm. all of a sudden, it's like, well, like you're lining up a putt and you're like, well, I'm gonna, like you said, change it up in the or you know. But he always kind of has the same, yeah, always the same like, stance for yeah, the most part, yeah, yeah, exactly. But so maybe just at that, you know, whatever it was, maybe last second or you know, right before he's about to release, he's like, yeah, I'm gonna do this, and then it just doesn't work out for him,
0: right? Right, and he's confident with both, he's good with both, but it seemed like. He would be spin putting, or he'd be push putting, and all of a sudden he'd switch over to a spin putt, depending on what direction the wind would be blowing or whatever it would be, and that's when he'd make his big misses. Right. Is where all of a sudden you'd see him running his push, and then the last round, I think he did, like the first two or three holes he was push putting, and then all of a sudden he switched to a spin, and that's when he started missing high. Mm -hmm. So, and then overcorrecting, and I'm sure it gets in your mind. I mean, there's all those games that yeah. are played, you know. Well, because he's got
1: that real deep, like, reach down that mm-hmm. he, like, brings up to the waist and fires it in. Yeah. yeah.
0: And that's a, that's a hard – That's a, so messing with my amateur and mediocre putt, that's one of the things that I constantly mess with is where my reach back point is. Like, where I – because I, I try to touch myself. So – and it all depends, like – oh boy (laughs) if looks could say weird things it'd be like you are a (laughs) dirtbag so that's what we're all about (laughs) i I have a touch point on my body how about that and it is in the no-no square normally yeah (laughs) but but usually it's like inner thigh because i stagger so it's usually it's inner thigh or i the boys or belt buckle or belly button. kind of the the points where I hit. And I'll start consistently, I start hitting, you know, either I'm hitting band, hitting cage, whatever it is, and I adjust my my reach back point. I try not to adjust my release point. It's my reach back point. So I could imagine he knows all of that stuff. Oh, yeah. But I notice that when I do move those things, I start to miss consistently one direction or the other, and that's how I can fix it. Now... I'm not that good <laughs> he's much better than i am but i know it messes with it so and especially in that pressure pot steam steam pot yeah.
1: whatever yeah
0: in that situation i'm sure it messes with you just that much more
1: absolutely so, especially you probably put some pressure quite a bit of pressure on himself to perform well mm-hmm. for this tournament mm-hmm.
0: well especially being at home yep dds Dee and this is he won DDO, yeah, and then he has the pressure of winning worlds at the same courses, same layouts, yeah. everything. So, yeah, I mean, I would I would have been just as happy if Ricky would have won, you know. Um, so, let's talk about Aaron Gossage. Um, super surprising. Like I've seen him play, I've seen him on lead cards, mm-hmm. OTB, and yeah, or Portland, uh, OTB. I think he was on lead card. Okay, it? I think that was where he was actually.
1: Yeah, tied that could for be the
0: lead. Oh. Yeah. Remember he was like in the fight and then he just yeah. started missing putts That's everywhere. True. Yes. Um but he was just super consistent. Just yeah. simple, easy, trusted discs. I know we talked about it a little bit, but just like super controlled, super simple, super easy. I mean, everything seemed effortless for him.
1: Right. So, just, yeah. Just real confidence in his game and Mm -hmm. what he his game plan and what he set out to do
0: yeah yeah and it was it was fun to watch and it gave me a little bit of confidence watching him because I am kind of one of those guys I like to throw as hard as I can Mm -hmm. (laughs) except for very very limited situations so to watch him just get up there and rip a disc and that's all he was doing just throwing as hard as he could is great because you watch these guys like Paul where they're finessing stuff and mm-hmm. you're like, how do you even control something like that, you know? And so for me, if I get up there, it doesn't matter where they were in the woods, wide open, whatever, I just wanna throw as hard as I can. Like anywhere between 85 to 100%, that's where my life lives. Like right. there's no 50%, there's no 60% for me. <laughs> it gets 85 to 100%, that's it, you know? And rarely 100%, but like 85 to 95%. Mm-hmm. And I felt like that's how he played. Which was cool. That is kind of cool. Yeah. So, because he made the discs do the work, he kept everything the same. Right. Yeah. Simplifying it,
1: which was cool. So, makes me think I can do that. (laughs) (laughs) With enough practice. Yeah. You'll get there someday.
0: Oh, when I grow up, I want to be a (laughs) professional disc (laughs) golfer. (laughs) So, um, let's see. Who else is noteworthy? I mean, there's a lot of people that are noteworthy. Um, But the... The play by Clemens I thought was fantastic to watch because you don't see him very often.
1: No. I mean, I've seen him maybe on a couple. I haven't seen him on lead card for sure. Mm-hmm. Maybe a feature card. Um, saw him on a couple of OTB skins this year, I think. Mm-hmm. But not often time you see a lot of lefties. No. So no, it's cool to see. Yeah.
0: And to see the lines that they hit and actually how little – he utilizes his forehand when he has a fantastic forehand
1: oh it's a, it's elite oh you know mm-hmm. it, maybe not distance wise but control wise and what he can do with it is absolutely up there with like eagle or you know some of yeah. these other people um he i know he's been working a lot on his backhand to try to get that distance when he needs it mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. yeah for the most part for a forehand player yeah it's awesome.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and that's what I remember Clemens being is primarily a forehand player, mm-hmm. um, and then this tournament, like a lot of backhand, a right. lot of backhand, and they were good. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously, I mean, yeah, <laughs> the way he finished, obviously. So I liked watching that, and just Clemens himself, like he's just an infectious guy. Like he's a cool guy,
1: you know. Like he, that's a that's a really good way of putting it because. He just has this attitude, or what demeanor, whatever. He almost seems unfazed by himself. He's not happy go lucky, but mm-hmm. he's just like one of those people that, if you talk to him, he's care. Like he just grows on you, right? And like he's just a pleasant person to be around. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's someone you want to have on your card that just helps keep the vibe good. You mm-hmm. know, ripple. right? Yeah. Right. And.
0: Wow, the wind must be whipping just right. Yeah, that's Can <laughs> hear that howl? Yeah, I
1: mean, it's been going for pretty much all day. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Um, so then let's get to Paul. I mean, McBeast mode, for sure.
1: Yeah. But and holy cow, from being nowhere at DDO to all of a sudden back on top in Emporia. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, yeah.
0: It's just, that's the... That's the era of a champion. I mean, mm-hmm. it's he knew what he did. He knew how to correct it. He fixed his game plan compared to what he did I at think DDO. He was,
1: he was injured as well, though, like around DDO time, yeah, I think. Yeah, he, he was He had slightly, something going on, maybe, that yeah. he wasn't. Letting on,
0: yeah, and he said he in his mind he had a game plan at DDO that he was gonna he had these certain shots he was gonna do, and then he never adjusted when the wind came. Sure, and he says with this one, you know, he had the same plan, but he also has like, okay, if the wind comes, this is what I'm gonna do. Mm-hmm. Um, he also said that his forehand, he says his forehand is I don't remember exact word, but basically he said his forehand was pathetic and he needed to work on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I didn't see a problem with his forehand this time. Um, Obviously it's not elite level forehand. Well, yes, it is because it belongs to Paul, but it's nowhere near the top end of the forehand serviceable, serviceable up to 400 feet. I
1: mean, it's still, I mean, that's huge.
0: Yeah, that is so, but he does, you know, he did a real good job, but he never relied on it. If he needed to throw the back, the turnover, he always threw the turnover Mm -hmm. um, until the last round. Yeah. And then he started to throw these comfortable hyzer forehands and especially on a couple holes where he was traditionally throwing like a Luna turnover, he'd reach over to like a Raptor forehand and parks the hole. I think it was like 12 or 13, you know, like, so just, I, it was fun to watch and it was also fun to watch because he wasn't in McBeast mode putting.
1: No until the 69 footer. yeah, but that thing was, that was insane. Exactly. <laughs> and, and I don't even know if he really thought it was going to go in. No. It didn't seem like it until it hit the change. Yeah, it
0: hit the change, and then you could tell him he like just yeah. pumped and ran towards it. Like he wasn't walking towards it. He was just no. watching it the whole time.
1: But um, I was listening to something this morning. I, I saw a video. I think it was him like in a post-round coverage. He was talking with Terry. Um, he actually started throwing some lines that Aaron Gossage would throw. Oh, to kind really? Of put okay. Put some pressure on Aaron towards the end there. Like he's like, you know, I kind of took what Aaron was doing a little bit to force him into maybe doing something that he didn't want to, or maybe you know, try to keep keep things going. You I know? see, I see, just to play mental games, right? I'm sure, right? You know, he's like, oh, you know, try to get, in, yeah, exactly, mental games, mm-hmm, get mm-hmm. that little bit of an edge. I kind of, <laughs> I kind of like that, and
0: the beauty of what Paul said is, Paul said, "What does the sixth mean to you?" And he says, all it means is that I want it more than everybody else. That was all he said. Like that's pretty before, good. And I'm just like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> like, who responds that way? Because it obviously doesn't mean the notoriety. doesn't mean money. It doesn't mean anything of like that for him. Obviously, it means that for him because that's what he's going to get. Yep. But what it means is that he wanted it more than the next guy. Yeah. And that's, that's brilliant because to be considered the GOAT, and everybody's going to flame him and do all this stuff if you say that he's not, or that he is the GOAT over climb oh blah, blah, blah. We've talked about this. Yep. Does the World Championship really say that you're the best? We'll see. You know? Yeah. Over time. I mean, I think that's the only thing that we can weigh anything on at this p- present moment. But um, when they talk about him being the GOAT, like, I think what makes him the GOAT is his mentality. Sure. Like, his attitude. Like, nothing's going to stop me. And even when Terry was interviewing him at the end, I mean... I've never seen Paul emotional. Like, even at USDGC, like, he was emotional as in, yeah, like, yeah, he yelled to the sky, but not tears in the eye. Like, no. not hard to talk, you know? Right. That's crazy.
1: Maybe, I don't know, maybe it's because a lot of people doubted him.
0: Right. You well, know? Uh, he might have been doubting himself, too. Yeah, that could he, be.
1: He wasn't having a Macbeth
0: year. Right. Nothing wrong with his year. I mean, <laughs> until number two, number three in the world. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't a Macbeth, what we come to understand what Macbeth does. Exactly. Or expect what Macbeth Macbeth does. So, um, yeah, I man, I thought it was awesome. I really did. I thought it was something that was super special. So, well, let's get into it. So 16, or 15, I guess, is where the drama started to happen. Yep. Huh? Yeah. So, Macbeth cards a birdie, Gossage cards a par, which puts them even. Mm-hmm. And then the next hole, Gossage throws a bogey, Paul gets the par, um, sets Paul one up. Yep. Yeah. Was it 16 that he lost? No, 7, seven. no, 15. I'm sorry. So I'm, I'm a couple holes ahead. So that was like four, 13 or 14. And then on 15 is where Paul hits that early branch mm-hmm. and trickles OB. Oh, yeah. Right? Yep. So he bogeys Gossage birdies, and it flips them. Yep. So Gossage is now one up on Paul. And then 17 or 16, um, both of them put it on the island. Paul is probably three or four feet closer than Gossage. Yeah. And Gossage puts it low, hits cage, drops, stays in bounds, no issues. Paul birdies it. So it puts Paul even. Mm-hmm. I'm missing no, no. Puts Paul even. So then they go to seventeen and I'm missing the big putt somewhere. Yeah. I, where did I miss the big putt? Wait, was the Maybe that was fifteen. Big putt was fifteen, I'm pretty okay, sure. Okay, the big putt was fifteen yeah. to bring him back yeah. tied. Okay, I think that's what it was. And then then sixteen happens. So yep. Paul hits this like early branch. Flaps him she goes, okay so 14 is where he rolls OB gets the bogey, loses a loses two strokes to gossage because she was up by one mm-hmm. loses two strokes to gossage then 16 or 15 he hits like it's kind of this gap you gotta hit and gossage just absolutely rails it yeah and but Paul Macbeth prior to that hit and just went straight down so he's like 500 feet away at this point and gossage is like 300 feet. Right but Paul still has this really super skinny gap to hit, and he throws this huge like flat turnover and Calvin Heinberg had gone out of bounds already mm-hmm. once. He throws this beautiful shot that puts him about 160 out. yeah, something like that. and then Gossage is about 300, so Gossage lays up inside a circle one mm-hmm. And then Paul throws what I would say a mediocre upshot at best and leaves him like. 65 70 feet out yeah and this is where McBeast mode kicks in right here at this moment this is where I think he turns it on (laughs) yeah the
1: adrenaline rush
0: (laughs) (laughs) exactly so he hits this high floater like kind of hangs it out right side of the basket Heiser putt and just drops into the front side of the chain that was crazy just barely catches the cage and um, then you know Paul kind of fist pumps and runs up to it and then Gossage hits his putt, mm-hmm. so that puts them tied. No, 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 they're still Gossage is still one up. Yep. And then the next hole is where that puts them to tie. Anyways. So anyways, it comes down to 18 that Paul is Paul and Gossage, or Paul is one stroke ahead of Gossage at that point. So then Paul puts one out. To pretty good spot, but just in front of Aaron. Mm-hmm. And Aaron's just behind her, So Aaron had to go first and throws this absolutely massive forehand spike hyzer over the crowd in 18 yeah. and comes back like green sloping towards the water with the forehand. Yeah, So it could have easily picked up and skipped. Was he like 8 feet? feet? Yeah, nine it was feet? close. It was super close. Super close. And Paul essentially flubs his. Like he plays... Did he play the forehand or the backhand? Um... I think he played, played before. four. Yeah. He left it short, probably like just outside of circle one. So, like yeah, 40 feet or so. And then Paul lines it up, and everybody's thinking, surely he's going to lay up. Surely he's going to lay up. Yeah. No, of course he doesn't. He runs it, hits the front, front of the cage, cage and just yeah. drops straight down. Yeah. So then they go Frustrated. Like he was exactly.
1: visibly, like, pretty mad. Like, exactly. So, yeah. yeah. He was
0: like, oh, and he was scared, too. You could tell when he let it go, he kind of lifted his leg and, yeah, <laughs> like, kind of curled back. So it hit, dropped, and then um, they go on to a playoff hole. So at this point, they're tied, all tied up. Uh, Macbeth lost the stroke to Aaron Mm -hmm. on 18. So they go, and everybody's just super stoked. And at this point, like, I'm actually, I'm like, (laughs) I was actually waxing my car. (laughs) And so finally, I'm like, all right, I got to stop. And then I, like, started watching it at that point. I was done listening, and I started watching it. And then... um, so they go to back to 16. So it would have been 16, 17, 18, 16, 17, yep. 18. Yeah. So they go back to 16, and Macbeth gets the coin flip. So it, it goes in favor of Gossage, but if you get the coin flip, you go first. Right. So um, it really set the tempo because Macbeth could just wait for what Gossage did. Mm-hmm. So it was really in Gossage's control at that point to set the tempo. And gossage took this the forehand zone on 16 had not missed the island anytime he'd ever played it the entire tournament he didn't miss the island but but <laughs> so he was dry but he was out of balance. yeah so he oh. hit the front side of the island and kind of skipped back just outside of the ob line maybe by a half a foot at six yeah, inches or so because
1: it's weird there's that big fence thing around the back but there is a little Yep. line back there you yep. think you're safe but really you're not you have six seven inches Me, i don't even know how how much yeah. it is
0: well and then he was right on the front side of the island though oh right, right, right. so he was yeah. so the ob line carries from that fence and it's probably about a foot and a half above the oh that's yeah um foot and a half to a foot above the water line yeah and he was between the water line and the so, that's such a, Oh, that's such a crazy thing. It sucks. Yeah. It
1: sucks. But I think they did that because of the whole page and cat incident years before. Yeah. And um, that sucks too because, like, the drop zone, you have to go back across the island and you're putting across the water back mm-hmm. to the cage. And, mm-hmm. like, Ricky, obviously, like last year hit, hit the big shot there. But yep. that's a long ways to, th- to throw. Absolutely. And at that point, it's like, well, you have to nail it, you know? Yep. And, uh, yep. and so Paul throws then,
0: and then Paul throws – a really low, like I think it was a force, is what they said he threw. Like okay. a super low Heiser yeah. force. It <laughs> just skips it off the island, hits yeah. the back fence. He's safe. So, because he knew at that point, all I got to do is just keep it on the island. So I'm going to use the fence as the backboard. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing I could think of that could have would have been horrible because there's slats.
1: Yes. On the fence. There are. And
0: they're big enough for discs to go through.
1: Yep. Just ever <laughs> so big, yeah. That
0: would have been horrible if it would have went through those. <sighs> um, so then Aaron lines up to putt. So Paul Macbeth's is on, Aaron's at the drop zone. And I honestly thought Gossage was going to drain it. Like when he let it go from the camera angle, I was like, "Oh my goodness, he got it!" But yeah. he gave it a fantastic bid, mm-hmm. um, and it missed right side, but chain high, right side, and but he gave it like a
1: true bid. I, I that's all you can ask
0: for. I, oh, I know. So and which would have put the pressure on Macbeth to make, make the it putt from the backside going to the, towards the water towards the yeah. water. And that would have been like, honestly, that probably would have been Gossage's tournament at that point, mm-hmm. you know, but then again, it's Macbeth, like, right. Yeah. <laughs> That's all speculation. Cause it didn't happen. So what Paul does is just right to the base taps, taps in, in games over. And then he finds, he like pushes Burkus out of the way to yeah. find Hannah. That's my favorite ones. Do. <laughs> <Exactly. laughs> Doug's trying to give
1: him a handshake and he's like, no, hold he's on, like, get out of my way. <laughs> um, <laughs>
0: So then they do that. Um, you know, he congratulates Aaron. I don't know what he said to him when he walked to him after he missed the putt on yeah. the drop zone. Um, he walks up to Aaron. <laughs> yeah, <he's> like, <laughs> That's what a world champion is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nobody walks up to him, shakes his hand, and then they, he walks onto the island, does his thing. And then his, his um, it's the least composed speech I've ever seen from Paul Macbeth. Still very composed compared to 90% of the other people, but one of the least composed from Paul Macbeth. And even um, Terry was like, hey, so you gave me a call and said, why are you counting me out already? When uh, uh, obviously from one of his podcasts or something like that that Terry had done. And he was just like, he goes, you know, he goes, "I, I don't, and it was, it had a combination of with Climo. And he goes, I just wish Climo was present. He goes, that's the only problem. He goes, we always talk about these goat things. He goes, I don't care. Yeah. I just want him to be present in the sport. And for some reason, he's not present in the sport as being one of the best players that have ever played the
1: game. Why is he not present in the sport? That's interesting. Yeah. Like there's a lot of other sports where you see like legends of the game hanging around and they're still, still visible.
0: Yeah. And why not? Yeah. You know, why is he not getting the money that... To keep him in the sport, mm-hmm. you know, because I think Climo has one of those gruff personalities and voices, but he's still one of the guys that you want to hear from. Like, right? Yeah. He's, his knowledge of the game is fantastic, you know, and they always make fun of his voice and whatnot. But like, they make fun of Mike Tyson's voice too. Right? Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, Mike Tyson will punch you out. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I guess you know he he's a drywaller or something like that. You know. Yeah, in, I think in Florida. Like so, that. but yeah that would be interesting. I would love to hear more on that from Paul. Mm-hmm. Like what does that mean to be present? What what do you what do you see him doing? And I think a lot of it I think it might have been a jab at Innova. Mm-hmm. Like why are you not keeping him present? Why are yeah. you not keeping him here? You know? So but all in all like I awesome good for Paul, good for Kristen. Like two people that I had at the top of my lists, <laughs> but um, I'm I'm super happy for him. Like, you can never bet against Paul, and I think at this point, I don't I don't think Paige Pierce is number one anymore. No, I don't think she has been for quite a while, and I think this kind of cements it. Yeah, so I think so. All right, I've been rambling. You got ramble, else ramble.
1: to ramble, ramble. Yeah, no, uh, I'm just <laughs> trying to. We got something in the works. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm keeping track on my phone about it. We'll yeah. Let your eyes know later. <laughs> yeah. Okay.
0: So, um, so yeah, so there we go. So we got a couple more. Um, the next one is a silver series. And the following one is the. I was just looking at it today. Oh, I do, I was too. Uh, uh, why can't I think of it? Um, DMC? Green right? Mountain? Green Mountain Championship. Yeah. yeah, that's what it is. So. Um, and, these,
1: and that's the. Pl- technically playoffs for the pro tour. Right. Yeah. Right.
0: And there's like five people, I think Brody Smith, they they call them play-ins by the way. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, Right. WTF.
1: Like seriously. (laughs) Like, yeah, I know that's weird. So,
0: um, they, like there's a couple of them. Brody Smith is in there, um, as the play-ins or Mm -hmm. the playoff people. So, um, unless he scores well at green mountain, and then he can be boosted up into yeah the qualified yeah. So, but obviously, um, so we'll be seeing that pretty soon. And then the following one, there's one other after Green Mountain, and I can't remember what it is. But um, we'll make our picks next week for Green Mountain.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say I don't think it's. I was looking at it, it's not till the 16th through the 18th. Yeah, yeah. Because so yeah. this weekend is there's
0: another Silver Series. Yeah. that's coming up. I don't remember. I don't remember what it, remember was, what it is. Um, but I was just checking because I know I have a little bet with <laughs> about Brody's positioning. Ah, uh, yes. And he slipped back down, so he's now in forty ninth again. Mm. Um, so he's kind of going all over the place. But I'm hoping that he'll sneak up at least respectably, so I can at
1: least hold my head right. slightly up. So, oh, speaking of Brody, it was brought up in our chat group mm-hmm. that he didn't
0: congratulate Paul. I yeah, I did. You know. When you're looking for it, yes, that looks bad on him. Yeah. But how many other
1: hundreds of players didn't congratulate Paul? Right. But and I think it's just their most recent situation as well. Exactly. Why. That's right. Um, and, you know, people, it, you don't have to go out of your way to do these things, but it looks better if you do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but like you said, with their recent beef, and it seems a little more personal than, you know, just a sports thing. So Right, right. I can see why he didn't.
0: Yeah, I, I can understand it too. But like I said in the chat, I, I've been following. I mean, it's no secret. I've been following Brody back to, from his ultimate days. Yeah. Like, I've followed him for quite a while. Um, he's always been fairly juvenile when it comes to sports. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by juvenile is that, like, I'm going to take my ball and go home if I don't win. Right. Like, like I got to be the best or it's nothing. Um, or I'm going to try to argue to where I am the best. And I think that competitive nature is what has made him who he is. Um, I call it juvenile. And if he heard it or if he listens to it, he'd probably be pissed off that I called it juvenile. But I would say it's just that competitive nature. Mm -hmm. Like it's an all or nothing. I'm the best or I'm not, you know, and I'm not going to stop until I am the best. Yeah. And if you don't recognize me as the best, I'm going to tell you that I'm the best.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I'll be, uh, I'm not that I'm looking forward to it, but. To it, but I'll be interested to hear what he has to say on debate night about this, about the world championships and his views yeah. on how he played and whatnot.
0: Yeah, it's funny because Tyler and I had a side conversation going okay. because he didn't want to give any spoilers. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I'm still a firm believer. There's no such thing as spoilers in life. Spoilers. Oh, I know. No, wait, but, that, oh, I was going to say, I thought that was in the chat. Like he's I like, did say that in the chat. Yeah, yeah. Did, and then yeah. we went on a side note. But Got I respect, it. you know, if someone doesn't want to hear something, I get it. Mm. I'll respect that. So if you just tell me, hey, don't tell me, cool. I'm yeah. good with that. Um, but in a side that's exactly what he said. He goes, I haven't listened to debate night in a long time, but I'm really interested to hear what he has a say in debate night now. Mm. Um so yeah, I would I would really like to hear that as well. I honestly don't think it's gonna come up at all. Probably not. I don't think he's gonna give it airtime.
1: No, I don't yeah, no that part like the Paul like congratulating Paul, I don't think he will, but I just want to hear how his view on like playing and like mm-hmm. why he why compared to, you know, D D O he played so well and here he now he did it. Like yeah. that's just kind of what I'm curious about.
0: Yeah, you know, for Brody, I think You can't take anything away from him, and he should feel proud of what he's been able to do in the last, what, two and a half years? Yeah. I mean, he is top 50 golfer. He made the cuts at Worlds. I mean, like, awesome. Mm -hmm. Speaking of, Sexton, what? Ninth? Like, no practice, no nothing, just comes (laughs) out of nowhere and just, I'm just going to do Nate Sexton things and be safe and, (laughs) you know? So, but good for him. So That um, is good.
1: I, not to bring up Brody and the the mm-hmm. PDG or Rodman meme I saw of him <laughs> holding up the six-time Macbeth disc when yeah. Paul's talking about. You know, obviously it was Photoshop. There was a, sh- a picture of him holding up discraft when he was first announced as a discraft yep. player, but it was just funny because, you know, Paul, that tweet about him having to throw discs with my name <laughs> exactly. on it, I was like, that's <laughs> awesome.
0: I know. And just for funsies, I wonder if they will just put Paul's name on every disc for the next month. <laughs> just to rub (laughs) it in his face oh so all right well um i don't have any shop updates um i did get the dd 10th anniversary box and i actually already have it in hand fantastic discs um there's two judges so can't be a better box out there
1: that's cool yeah man unless it was just all judges well, yeah, that would be better box if there was three or four or five judges. But yeah, so there's a. They should, <sighs> they should make a Supreme Court box or Supreme Supreme Court box where it's just a box of judges, but it's all different plastics. I would love that. They could do that with all the original five, yeah, or four or whatever. Yeah,
0: yeah. Rusco, I, know. I want Dibs, if that that Comes out. I actually have a conversation with Jamie on Wednesday at ten o'clock. I oh. have a meeting with him. So. And it's nothing fancy, it's not like he's looking to me for anything. Yeah, yeah they yeah. just want to know because we they did a why do their team stamps not sell <laughs> basically. And we filled out a survey yeah. as um, wholesalers, okay. And I, I went through my whole spiel like, you don't have anybody to sell discs other than Ricky, <laughs> like, so you keep throwing these stamps on. And it's was like, I don't think it's the player that sells them. It's the stamps. If you're going to put custom stamps on discs, yeah. make them cool. Don't, it, I don't think it has anything to do with the player. They
1: are a little, somewhere a little boring. Right, right. Like they are. Um,
0: well, and there's no individuality
1: in them. Yeah, yeah. They're yeah. all like, hey, this is
0: this cool, like, use the two initials, and then we're going to put them on every one of them for this right. team series.
1: Same thing with, like, um, when they are coming up with the think the, a lot of team series last year were the like lucid x mm, but and the hybrid all, x yeah but it's all the same lettering it's all the same there's mm-hmm. yeah like you and said, a lot of them were the same disc i mean sergeants were coming
0: out for everybody evaders evaders yeah, yeah were the same thing not sergeants evaders they were yeah. like everybody was pushing out evaders mm-hmm. so yeah anyway so we're, we're talking with them and, but i'll i'll mention that I'm like hey if you put a judge box out there <laughs>
1: they're like why haven't <laughs> you'll they, sell one why haven't they had like any yeah. like raptor legs riggy discs right like
0: what? Yeah. <laughs> I, know. I, I know they're doing those raptorized slammers, but yeah. they're not giving the um, well, uh, wholesalers a chance
1: mm. to move them. Yeah. You know, but so... even apart from just the the visual look of the plastic, mm-hmm. there's nothing else that's really that cool about it. Like, No. Yeah. No. I don't know. And that is a very utility disc,
0: because those slammers, they're not like the Harps. They're not like the Zones. They're not like the Pigs. Like, they are beefy. Yeah. And... You know, I think once they start getting more plastics in those, I think they'll sell a bit better. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, if, if they could come out with, like, when then Black Ink did their stamps and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Loved them. They were awesome. And I think they sold. With this Team Series, like, everybody has a Team Series disc now. And What happened to the days where if you wanted a Team Series disc or a custom stamp disc from a player, you contacted that player? Yeah. And you bought them directly from that player. So oh, yeah. that player would like, I used to buy the Paige Shoe Judges all the time. Yeah. Until recently, the Paige Shoe Judges, you could only get them through Paige. Mm-hmm. You know, and I loved them. Like, it was great. i just reach out to her. Johnny McRae's Fuses. He used to do some Fuses, and I still have them hanging on the wall down there, but he used to do these angel run of Fuses. Okay. Or his custom Fuses, and I would just text him and be like, cool, man, you'd send me a couple. Sure. You know, obviously I'd pay for them, but... Yeah. But I would reach out to the players, you know. But maybe, maybe that's a transition of the game that I don't understand. You yeah. Know, maybe I don't players know. are becoming a little less accessible, or maybe the manufacturers want to keep more money in their pockets. That could be. So I don't know. Yeah. I know. Anyways, that's a happy note to end this world on. <laughs> <laughs> so. What oh. a downer! <laughs> I know, such a Debbie Downer. Why, why is it going to be Debbie? How
1: come it can be like Dan, Dan Downer? I mean, can you just call everybody Karens. <laughs> Debbie Downer? No, you're Karen Richards. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Exactly.
0: Uh, well, um, OnlyFans?
1: Oh, I don't know. We've been in, we, we discussed it last time. We're in discussions.
0: Don't bring me into this OnlyFans discussion. Don't
1: bring you into <laughs> Why not? Because I don't want people to expect me to be there. Oh, okay. We'll see. Maybe it'll be an anniversary thing.
0: Uh, maybe. Maybe. All right. With that being said, keep us up par. Peace.